0: Jonah we start at chapter 1 we read now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai saying arise go to Nineveh that great city and cry against it for their wickedness is come up before me Jonah was a prophet a prophet of the Lord. He was a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel. He's referred to in Second Kings chapter 14 and the 25th verse, where a prophecy that he gave is referred to. I'm not going to spend time looking at that though. And Jonah was also referred to by the Lord Jesus. In very important and significant ways. Jonah is one of those books in the Bible that has been much derided over the years. The critic has hated Jonah, unless you take it as some sort of allegory. They laugh at it and ridicule it and mock it. But Jonah was a prophet of the Lord. Jonah has many messages to teach us. We see first of all that the word of the Lord came on to Jonah. And you know, that is the vital prerequisite before any work can be undertaken. We have to have God's word. Jonah as a prophet couldn't go out and speak without God's word. And so too, we have to have God's word before we can go out and speak. We have a message to bring, yes, but it is only God's word. We are not to add to it or take away from it. We are to bring the whole counsel of God. That is the word of the Lord. And just as Jonah received it, so as I have this Bible in my hands this evening, we have God's word. And God has given his word unto us. We can read it. And we can proclaim it. Came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai. We don't know a lot about this man, except, as I say, he gave this prophecy uh, to the northern kingdom, the ten tribes. Remember that they were the ones who never had a good king, a faithful king. They did great wickedness. And they went into captivity before the southern kingdom. There had been that division after. The death of Solomon. Now Jonah had prophesied a victory. For the northern king. That victory had come to pass. It wasn't a deserved victory. They had reclaimed territory. They didn't deserve it. Because as I say. They had always rebelled. They were always in idolatry. But that's the background with Jonah. But now he is told here in verse 2 to go to Nineveh, that great city, in cry it. For their wickedness has come up before me. You see, Nineveh was a great city in the Assyrian Empire, the enemies of Israel. And their wickedness had come up before the Lord. Oh yes, the Lord knows all things. But the scriptures do speak of wickedness being brought, especially as it were, to the Lord's attention. We read of the blood of Abel, crying out for vengeance. The Lord does see and notice wickedness. And it does call for judgment. And this is what Jonah is called upon to do. Remember, they're the enemy of Israel. He's called now to go and preach judgment against them. Which makes it a slight surprise when Jonah, in verse 3 there says, where we read, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. From the presence of the Lord. And went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the further thereof And went down into it. To go with them unto Tarshish. From the presence of the Lord. Why would God's prophet. When called on to go and preach. A message of judgment. To the enemies of Israel. Why would he flee the other way? Why would he try to get out. Of the presence of the Lord. Was he afraid to go and preach? Did fear fill his heart? Was that the reason? Was he just too lazy? Did he just preferred to go and take a trip somewhere else instead? Why didn't he want to go? Well, we're told. We're told why he didn't want to go. In chapter 4, verse 2. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. For I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and a great kindness, and repentest thee. Of the evil. Now, you see, Jonah knew God's character, and he knew that if he went and preached against the wickedness of the city of Nineveh, that the people might be delivered by the grace of God from the judgment that was due unto them. For their wickedness. You see, he thought if he didn't go and preach they would get the judgment. But if he went and preached they might get saved. So he fled the other way. He, at great cost, bought a fare on the ship. Because he didn't want to see the people. Delivered from God's judgment. Because he had such confidence in the grace. And mercy of God. How is it with us? Why don't we? Sow the seed of the gospel. Is it because. We're so sure that they'll be saved, or there will be those who are saved if we actually sow the gospel seed? Or is it because we've been intimidated into silence by the modern PC type attitudes prevailing in our society? Is it because we can't be bothered? Yeah. Well, what is it? These things ought not to be so. Jonah was wrong to flee. He should have gone and declared God's word to the people. And we read here about how the storm came. We read here about how He was found. Do you know verse 6 that we read? So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? You see, Jonah, when he should have been out declaring the word of God in the town of Nineveh, was fast asleep on board a ship that was about to sink. You know, he had it so good. He decides to flee from the presence of the Lord. He gets himself off to Joppa and he finds a ship. It's there. It's ready to go. Pays the fare, gets on, and off he goes. At some point, he goes to sleep. He's feeling content with the world. Everything's okay. The providence of God has worked out. He's escaped. He doesn't have to go and preach. Doesn't have to share God's word. But he's asleep. He's wrong. He shouldn't be. The ship's master knows he shouldn't be asleep in the midst of the storm. And we know he shouldn't have been asleep when God's word needed declaring, when God's word needed preaching, when there were sinners about to perish. Isn't this what we read? In the New Testament. Isn't the call that goes out for us to awake. You find that in Romans chapter 13. The third verse. We are to awake. There's work to be done. It's not a time to take it easy. It's not a time. To relax and enjoy life. God has work to do. He has the people to do the work. We're not all called. to Full time ministry. But we are all called to do whatever we do. As unto the Lord. We are all called to be witnesses for Jesus. Who else is going to do it? God's servants. Are the ones who should be doing God's work. Jonah was at ease in the ship. When sinners were about to perish. This ought not to be so. They found him out. But you know. he brought forward an honest confession. When they challenged him at verse 9 there. He said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. You know, he didn't try to dodge the issue. He didn't try to hide away. He told them very clearly and very honestly who he was. Interestingly, he didn't say I'm an Israelite. Referring to the idolatrous ten tribes. Nor did he say I'm off Judea. Because he wasn't. He says I'm in Hebrew. He is describing his faith. In the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He is describing. The God of heaven. And he speaks unto them and declares unto them how this God is the God that created the sea and the dry land. And you know, that is the evidence that everybody has before their eyes. When you look around and see the glories of the stars in the night sky, when you look around and see the glories of the countryside and flowers and trees, etc, all of these things are the handiwork of God. All of these things declare His existence. Jonah and try to hide when he was found out but he confessed honestly who he was then told them that he fled from the presence of the Lord you know they wanted to know what they should do the latter part of chapter 1 there verse 11 what shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm you know these these sailors these idolatrous sailors recognized that Jonah was in the wrong. They recognized that Jonah's God was powerful and was dealing with Jonah. But they came and they dealt with Jonah. With great compassion, they didn't vengefully throw him overboard. They didn't deal with him harshly, even though, by his own admission, this whole episode was because of his sinful rebellion. You see, they dealt with Jonah with greater compassion than Jonah dealt with the people of Nineveh. And that's quite a shocking statement. God's servants do not always show the compassion that they should. And sometimes it would seem that the worldly people have more compassion... Why don't we have? It's all not to be so. They dealt with him uh, with compassion here. You see, verse thirteen. They they tried to to row to save the ship and to save Jonah, but they couldn't. See, Jonah, in verse 12 there, he asks for them to take him up. He says, take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. They didn't want to do that. But you know, when Jonah requested this, Jonah was being self sacrificial. Oh, he didn't. He didn't pray. We we might well say that he should have done. Indeed, I am sure he should have done. But nevertheless, he was being self sacrificial. He was not putting himself first, he was putting those around him first. He was willing for them to judicially throw him overboard, so that they might be delivered. And what does that speak to us of? That would remind us of what Christ did. For Jonah is a type of Christ. And what happened to Jonah when he was thrown overboard? That they might be delivered reminds us of how Christ suffered uh, that we might be delivered. This also speaks to us of the, the way we should be self sacrificial, where we should deny ourselves. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, the servant of the Lord is to be self-sacrificial, to die to self every day. That is the only way in which. We can follow the Lord Jesus. We can be his disciples. To be a selfish Christian. Is a contradiction. In terms. So Jonah. Is thrown overboard. The Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow him. In chapter 2, we read about Jonah and his prayer. It's a great prayer. It's well worth close study. But we'll pass over most of it tonight for time. Verse 9. He says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And you know. Jonah. Did not deserve. What the Lord had done for him. He did not deserve. To be rescued. By this great fish. But it brought forth this praise from Him, this sacrifice of thanksgiving, and this great declaration salvation is of the Lord. Now, I don't know what it was like for Jonah in that great fish. But I don't imagine that being thrown overboard and descending into the water in the midst of a storm was a pleasant experience. Jonah turned his thoughts onto the Lord and prayed this great prayer. <coughs> and we should have a thanksgiving on our hearts for all that the Lord has done for us. None of us deserve what the Lord has done for us. And we should be full, overflowing with thanksgiving. So Jonah is back on the dry ground, chapter 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. You know, the word of the Lord came a second time. Jonah had completely messed up the first time. Completely and utterly. He'd been a terrible witness. But the Lord reached out. Lifted him up again. And would yet use him. What grace this is. You know, when the Lord takes us and uses us in his service, it's not because we are good instruments. It's not because we're good servants. It's not because we've got special talents, special abilities. It's not because we can do the work so well. No, the Lord uses us out of his grace. And his favour. or To bring glory unto himself. It is only when we are. Humble. It is only when we are self-denying. That the Lord. Does use us. Arise. Go on to Nineveh that great city and preach unto it, the preaching that I bid thee, the preaching that I bid thee. And you know, we have no other message than what we have been bidden to preach. Go into all the world. Teaching. Preaching the gospel. Witnessing unto Jesus. to be faithful as Jonah was called upon to be faithful to God's word we see that Nineveh was a great city we see that Jonah preached and verse 5 so the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the great to stop them even to the least of them You know, they actually believed what the prophet said. And not only, they believed that he had declared unto them the word of God. Nothing humanly seemed less likely. This was a great city. This was a wicked city. A city that was on the verge of God's judgment. Yet when Jonah came and started preaching, people started repenting. There's was a complete change. They turned from revelling in their sin to utter repentance and sorrow for it. It's remarkable. And this was throughout the whole city. This is the work of the Word of God. This didn't happen because Jonah wanted to see the people repent. This didn't happen because Jonah was especially nice to them. This didn't happen because he tried to be very subtle. This happened in spite of Jonah. Yes, he preached the word. Yes, he preached it faithfully. But he didn't want to see them repent. Didn't want to see anyone believe what he was preaching. It was the last thing he wanted. This was God working through the ministry of his word. A remarkable working People believed God. Isn't that what we're called upon to do? To actually believe God? To believe his word? To trust it? Do we? In our daily lives? Every aspect of our lives? Even the things we worry about? And we read there that the king in verse 8 says, But let men and beasts be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? You know, this king, when he heard the message of judgment, He didn't hear anything about repentance. Didn't hear anything about believing it and coming in faith. Nothing like that. When he heard the message of judgment, he had hope that if they repented, they might yet be delivered. And he acted upon that hope. Verse 10 And God saw their works. That they turned from the evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. You see, when God saw their repentance. When he saw that they had truly brought forth fruit meat for repentance. He was merciful to them. Take away that judgment for that season. Oh yes, we can turn over to the prophet Nahum. And find that the judgment would be renewed upon them. For the city would go back into wickedness. The judgment was in that sense delayed. Perhaps a generation or so. But God saw this repentance and God turned away his anger from them. In chapter four, some very sad words at the start of chapter four, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was very angry. We get the picture. It wasn't just that he was a little bit unhappy. It wasn't a bit sad. Jonah was hopper mad at God. He utterly despised the fact that God had been merciful to sinners, to people who had been delivered from the promised judgment. He wanted to see the judgment fall upon them. He was hot and mad with God when it didn't. We read here, as we read earlier, that, that, that this was exactly what he knew might happen. And that's why he hadn't wanted to come and preach. You know, if only we had that confidence the day that Jonah had, that if we had the confidence that when we actually preach God's word, He would actually accomplish His purpose by it, that souls would be added unto the church, such as should be saved. Do we have that confidence in His word? I fear we don't, but we should. But it also speaks to us about the dangers of being angry with God. And Jonah was angry. He had no right to be angry with his creator. It's just ridiculous. But but sometimes, isn't it true? The world sort of revolves around me, right in the middle. And I know and understand everything perfectly. And most of the people have got it wrong. But that tends to be the way we see things. And that's, that's certainly how Jonah saw it. He, he knew he could have sorted it out better than the Lord did. If only it had been left to Jonah, these people would have got the judgment they deserved. Nobody would have been delivered. If only it had been left to Jonah. He's so amazed, so angry about it. Got it completely upside down and back to front. Therefore, verse 3: therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. You know, Jonah is somewhat in despair. He's not trusting the Lord. That what the Lord has done is right and good. He's in despair. (laughs) And isn't that what happens when we don't trust the Lord? When things don't work out the way we think they should. Don't we tend to despair? Jonah's saying, if if you're not going to let it happen my way, take me away. Take me out of this world. If I can't do it my way, take me. It's utterly wrong. It's not how the servant is supposed to speak to, to the Lord. But Isn't that a bit sometimes how we feel? Don't we all have that sometimes inclination? Jonah is dealt with again graciously. Verse 4 Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? The rhetorical question. The answer is so obvious, but the question is given so graciously. Verse 5 And Jonah, they don't hang around in the city all these people are repenting and hoping that the judgment will be delivered from them he marches out of the city and sets up camp to see what's going to happen not quite sure what he expected to happen we're not told but he's going to wait and see what would become of the city whether he thought the repentance was only going to be temporary in a day or two and they'd be back to their old wicked ways and The judgment would come upon them after all. and He could be happy. Maybe that's what he thought. It's any speculation. Maybe he thought that perhaps the judgment would come after all. And he could still be happy. I don't know what he thought. But he went out of the city and he set up camp. And he's going to watch and see. He certainly wasn't in the city. Helping the people with their repentance. He wasn't in the city. Telling them anything more about the Lord. He got out of there and he set up camp and he's going to sit and watch it out. Verse 6, And the Lord God prepared a good and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the good. Now, you see the contrast. The people in the city are delivered from the wrath of God. Jonah is filled with anger. Jonah gets an overnight sunshade, and Jonah is exceeding glad. Do we see the contrast? He has a small personal need. Of comfort met. And it makes him happy. The deliverance. Of the thousands of people. Made him angry. But a little personal comfort. Made him exceeding glad. His priorities are. Upside down. He's got it all completely wrong. Isn't that a bit like us? Oh maybe we're not. Exceeding angry about. Sin is repenting, but what what is it that makes us exceeding happy? What is it? Maybe just occasionally it's the incidental things of life, like this sunshade. Oh, the sunshade was was important and necessary if you're going to go and sit in the desert because it gets hot, but. He was exceeding glad. And this contrast is is clear for us. With his anger. He had his priorities wrong. These things are not what should make us exceeding glad. We are to delight ourselves in the Lord. We are to delight ourselves in his word. We are to be filled with delight of the sinners that repent these are the things that are to make us exceeding glad now God hasn't finished with Jonah verse 7 but God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smote the good that it withered and it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. See, the joy that was brought to him by the things of this world did not last And he was sitting here as a rebel, angry with God. He seemed to have a blessing. Why did the wicked prosper? But it did not last. The way of the transgressor is hard, and the hardness came upon him. Whatsoever a man soweth, that should he also reap. Jonah had his priorities wrong. Jonah sought contentment in the things of the world. Jonah found that that brought nothing but heartache and pain to him. His trust should have been in the Lord. That would have been a path of true contentment. God is teaching Jonah this lesson. First, I and God said to Jonah, "Doest thou well to be angry for the good?" And he said, "I do well to be angry, even unto death." Boy, he's putting it strong. He's a tough man to get through to. Is this Jonah? Then said the Lord, "Thou hast had pity on the good, for the which thou hast not laboured, neither madest it grow." Which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between the right hand and the left hand, and also much cattle? You see, Jonah felt sorry for himself with a little suffering. When his comfort was taken away, Jonah felt sorry about the plant that was destroyed, but he had no compassion upon the thousands in the city. This reference here in verse 11 is to the children and to the livestock. Jonah wanted the judgment of God to fall on this city. He was desperate for it. But God says, wait a moment. Didn't you even have a moment's compassion for the children? You have compassion for this plant. You have have compassion for yourself. But what about all these others? Do we have compassion for lost souls? The Lord Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. When the Lord looked over Jerusalem, what did he do? He wept. Because they would not repent. When he had a multitude before him, they were hungry. What did he do? He was moved with compassion and he fed them. Even though he knew that those people would go away. Do we have this compassion for lost souls? Where do we get our exceeding joy from? Or may we learn lessons from Jonah. May we learn to be obedient. May we learn to be obedient with the right attitude. May we trust in the grace of God. Wherefore, the results. Paul plants, Paulus waters, for it is God that giveth the increase. a